Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hey, you welcome back to a new episode of the bad broadcast. Every time I go to start an episode, I'm like, okay, say it different. Say it with a new cadence. Say it so it doesn't sound exactly like last week's. And then I hit record and the same thing comes out of my mouth. I'm like Pavlov's dog. I hear that little the the click track ready to record. And I just say the same thing. So you guys are just gonna have to deal with it, I guess. Anyway, welcome back. My name is Maddie Murphy and I'm your host. And I hope you had a lovely, lovely Thanksgiving. I know we already had an episode after Thanksgiving, but I recorded that one before Thanksgiving. So this is my first episode that I'm recording post Thanksgiving. And I hope that it was amazing. And I also can't wait to hear all of the terrible parts. That is today's topic. We are going to dish, get it, pun intended, about how your Thanksgivings went. Were your racist uncles as racist as ever? Was your cousin creepy? Was your aunt weird? Did you fight with someone? Did somebody get punched in the face? I don't know, but I want to hear all the dirty details about your Thanksgiving. But that is not our first our first item of business. Wanted to talk about a couple things before we get into our story submissions. So I wanted to go over this again. I know I've explained this before, but I've been getting a lot of submissions from people that I don't think know that this is an issue. Anyway, let me let me just talk about what I'm talking about. When you submit a story, please be extra sure that you are okay with it being read on the podcast. Because I get a lot of submissions that just say, oh my gosh, please don't share my story. I was just venting and I thought you would think the the story was funny. So I just submitted it. Please don't read it. First of all, I don't know what you're talking about when you do that. When you say, please don't read my story, and it's a completely separate submission, it's not attached to your previous submission. And also, they're not, they're they're completely anonymous. So I can't even go through and see like, oh, Ashley posted this one and this one, I won't read her story. If, if like there's a, a problem, like a major problem, like you are totally sure that it can be read on the podcast, and then something happens, and you really want me to take it out, you got to email me because I'm not going to be able to know. Also, sometimes I don't read every single one. So there's a chance that you could submit your story. And then right after you could say, oh, I don't want you to read my my story. But sometimes if there's a lot of submissions, I only read like half and I save the other half for another episode. So there's no guarantee that I'll see it. So the best the 
the best way to go is just be extra sure that you want to share it. Um, that's that's my main thing. And again, they are completely anonymous. So I don't know. I just felt like I needed to remind you guys that. <laughs> yeah, I've I've said it before in an episode, but I've been getting a lot, especially like around the holidays, because a lot of them are like about family and people don't want them shared. So you don't need to share it if you're not totally sure. You can also like if you just want to tell me a funny story, but you don't want me to share it on the podcast, you can just like email me or DM me. And then usually if people email or DM their stories, I ask like, can I share this on the podcast? The only time I don't confirm if I can share it on the podcast is if you put it in the submission form that is specifically for the podcast. I don't reach out to every single person and say, hey, is it cool if I share this? I assume that if you submit it, you know that there's a chance that it could be read in its entirety on the podcast. Oh, just wanted to just wanted to get that out of the way. Another thing that I want to get out of the way before this episode starts, there are more ads in this episode. This usually happens like at the end of the year or in the December episodes, partners are adding in more episodes for like holiday specials or things like that. So I know that ads are not everybody's favorite thing in the world, but it does keep the podcast free for you. That means that you don't have to, you know, pay a subscription to listen to it. You don't have to pay per episode or anything like that. That's why we have ads. And I've never had any pushback from you guys like saying that you don't like the ads. I think everybody at this point in time, understands that that's how podcast works and that's how free content works. It's the same thing with like Instagram or like cable TV. That's how we keep these things a running. But yeah, there are more ads in this episode. However, I do approve every ad, like every company that I work with. And in this particular episode, I think that there's a lot of good like holiday deals and stuff. So hopefully you listen to them and you like the deals and you can get some some like good holiday shopping. I feel like that's a that's a bonus of having more ads in the December episodes because we're all holiday shopping, you know? All right. So those are our boring announcements. I have some new segments that I would like to discuss. I don't know if this will ever, these, these will ever continue. I don't know if I'll ever think of things that follow or that fall into these categories ever again, but I do have two new segments that I want to talk about. One of them is things I don't care about. I do think that this, I will probably continue because it seems like every year, Every week, every day, every moment, there are new things that I realize I just absolutely do not care about. So let's go over my list this week of things I don't care about. The first thing I do not care about is Twitter. I don't care about Twitter. I don't use it. I don't care about Elon Musk. I don't care about Twitter anything. I can't think of anything about Twitter that is interesting, cool, or relevant to me. I don't want to hear about it. I don't like any of the drama. I don't care about the net worth, stock, billionaire, drop, ROI, CPAP, crash, money, whatever. I don't know. I think a few of those words were money related. I think one of them was a medical term, but I don't care about any of it. And whenever my brothers or anybody else starts talking about Twitter, I tune out. So no thank you to Twitter. The next thing I just don't care about. I do not care how fast my windshield wipers are going. I will turn them up at max speed, at the lightest drizzle. I don't know why. I feel like I've heard from a lot of people that like they think it's embarrassing or like they don't want other people looking at them and thinking like, look at that nerd with their windshield wipers on super fast. I've never thought about that. I do not care what anybody thinks is stupid if it's keeping me safe or if I perceive that it's keeping me safe. So I'll turn those babies up full blast 
at any given moment. And I will not care what anyone in my car or outside of my car thinks about it. Okay. The next thing I don't care about, I do not care for or care about the calorie count of fast food. Why are they putting those on there? Like if I'm at Wendy's or McDonald's, I'm not, I'm not trying to see the calories. Not that they bother me. Not that I would, it would literally ever change my mind about any of it. And I guess some people need it, whatever. I'm saying things I personally don't care about. I, I barely care about the ingredients of fast food. Like we all know what's in McDonald's and what's in McDonald's, what's in McDonald's like fries and burgers and stuff. I've never, ever, ever, ever been talked out of eating anything I like when I'm told the ingredients. I like those gummy hamburgers from the gas station. Do you know what's in that? Probably nothing edible. I will still eat them. You could list it all for me. Don't care. Don't care about the calorie count. And let's go ahead and add on there. I don't care about the ingredient list. The next thing that I don't care about, I do not care about healthy salad dressing. I think that if you're eating vegetables, it doesn't matter what's on top. I think that if you, if there's a vehicle that needs to get the the vegetable into your body, I think that that's worth it. If it's a block of cheese, but it's covering a lot of broccoli, then you're eating broccoli. If you're eating a salad, but it has 18 gallons of ranch dressing on it, I don't care. It's a salad. It's a vegetable. Dressing does not count. I hate when people show me recipes of like low cal. Oh, and what's worse than like anything light, L-I-T-E, light salad dressing? No, thank you. I don't think any of it counts. I don't think any of it, if it's on top of a vegetable, it's immediately, it's, it's, it doesn't matter because you're getting the veggies that you need. Okay. The next thing that I don't care about, I do not care about any headline that uses the word clap back. If I see that on a headline, I immediately tune out. I know it's the least important thing I could possibly ever read. Typically, well, I guess it used to. It doesn't anymore. It used to usually involve Chrissy Teigen. Now it's like, I don't know. Now it's usually politicians and I don't know, YouTubers. I, I just, I do not care about anybody clapping back. This next one is kind of in the same vein, but I do not care about public apologies from companies. Like how little do those matter at this point? Do they do anything? Like people who call for companies to apologize, I want to know what they think they're accomplishing. Because I know for a fact that the companies have some random intern type it up, put it on their Instagram, and then they go about their billion dollar business. They do not care. They don't care about us. It's fine. Like I just, I don't know. I think about this a lot. I think that people want like big companies and big celebrities. I talked about this last week with Taylor Swift. I think they want to feel like a personal tie or like their thoughts and feelings matter. But like, I don't think we really matter to like corporations. So it feels very pandering when they apologize to us. Because I want, always want to be like, okay, then give me a thousand dollars. Like give all of us a thousand dollars. If you're really sorry, like because your Instagram graphic of we have removed the campaign from all of our platforms. Like, okay, I don't care. You don't care. None of us care. This is all made up. None of this is real. If I see one more apology from a company, I will burn it to the ground. Just kidding. I won't. I will probably just scroll on by and never think about it again. So that's the list of things I don't care about this week. Not necessarily things I hate. Normally, I would do a list of things I hate, but I think things I don't care about are good. This is a good segment. That's what I'm looking for. All right. The next one is shorter, but still pretty good. I still think that this one's worth talking about. 
I don't think I couldn't think of anything else that will ever fall under these categories or this category. But if you think of one, please let me know. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by ShipStation. It is indeed the most wonderful time of the year, which also unfortunately means it's the most stressful time of the year. And if you're a business owner, that goes for you double. Everyone puts off shopping until the last minute, which means that you are probably going to be buried in orders and trying to get things shipped out as soon as possible. ShipStation turns holiday ship storms into smooth sailing so you can keep your customers happy and still find some time to enjoy some eggnog. Or if you're like me and eggnog sucks, maybe like some cookies and hot chocolate. But if you're into eggnog, absolutely no judgment. I have always used ShipStation on all of my online stores. And I tell everybody this every time they're trying to figure out shipping. If I can figure out how to ship, you can too. Because I knew absolutely nothing when I started an e-commerce store and ShipStation took care of all of the hard stuff for me. So if you're still using the default shipping option to run your online store, chances are you're putting up with a lot of unnecessary hassle and limiting your potential growth. ShipStation works with all of your favorite places to sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. You can manage every order from one simple dashboard. You can automate routine shipping tasks. You can print shipping labels and you can easily compare rates and delivery times to optimize every shipment. You'll save time, money, and stress during the holiday rush. And when you sign up using my promo code, you'll even get two months to try it free. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life, myself included. This holiday season, give yourself the gift of stress-free holiday shipping. Use promo code BAD today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com. Go to the little microphone, you'll click it, enter promo code BAD, and you'll get a free 60-day trial. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Osea. Are we all doing our holiday shopping right now? I assume that most of us are, unless you are a machine and you've already completed it. I myself haven't even started. Also, everybody on my list is impossible to shop for. So the only thing I know will please them is good quality skincare and body care. It's my go-to. I'm not even just saying that. That is usually what makes its way into all of my gifts for all of my people. And in my family, we do a favorite things gift gifting. And Osea is definitely going to be in mine this year because it is my favorite. I've used them long before they were a sponsor. Osea is a California-based skincare and body care brand that has been making clean, vegan, and cruelty-free skincare products for over 25 years. They use seaweed as their hero ingredient because it's a nutrient-rich superfood with endless benefits, including anti-aging and moisturization. Osea products are clinically proven to work and they're climate neutral, so they make amazing gifts for everyone on your list. I'm thinking that I'm going to get a bottle of the body oil for every single one of my brothers and probably every other man in my life. Because have you ever noticed how dusty and crusty their elbows get? They need to be moisturizing. There's no better way to do it than with Osea's Undaria Algae Body Oil. You've probably seen it all over TikTok. It is as good as they say. Also right now they have their bestsellers mini collection, which is a six piece set of luxurious skincare and body care for a complete glow up from head to toe. They're in little adorable travel sizes. And the box comes already pre-wrapped, so you don't even have to do that part. 
So for a gift that will impress, check out Osea's bestsellers minis collection. Right now, my listeners will get 10% off of your first order with promo code BAD at OseaMalibu.com. You'll even get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. That's 10% off at Osea, O-S-E-A, Malibu.com, promo code BAD. This category is called old things that make less sense than new technology. (laughs) Nice and succinct. Okay, old things that make less sense than new technology. Vinyl records. Vinyl records, to me, make so much less sense than an iPod or a, even a CD. Like, any, even an MP3 file. Like, vinyl records make no sense. So you're telling me that that plastic disc has grooves in it, and then you put a needle on it and noise comes out? Crystal clear? That does not make any sense. How does that make, how does that, how is that a, like a lesser technology than an iPod? An iPod makes sense to me. I don't know, maybe that's just my age, but vinyl records, yeah, don't get it. Don't understand how, how is that happening? How are they not electronic? How is that, like, how can I dunk that underwater and then it still works? I just made that up. I don't know if you can do that to vinyl records, but I don't know. They're just plastic. So seems like it would work. Okay. Uh, the next old thing that makes less sense than new technology is the mail system. The like, like regular mail, snail mail. I almost called it the Pony Express, but I cannot believe that I can put something in an envelope. I can write a name and an address on it anywhere in the world. Anywhere. I could send a letter to Azerbaijan and all I would need was the name and the address. That should not be possible. How does it not get lost? How can we get, how is there so much guarantee that these things get there? I've never had a letter get lost in the mail. Everything I've ever mailed got to the person. It doesn't make any sense. Email makes way more sense to me. So those are my two things. Again, I don't know if that segment will return because I can't think of anything else to put on it. But if you guys have anything to contribute, please let me know and we can make it a regular thing. All right. Thanks for listening to those two random segments that I was very excited to talk about with you guys. Now it's time to get into how your Thanksgivings were. What was the drums? What was going on? Whose family member is going to be uninvited from next year's? Let's Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. First up, she says, oh, this one needs a little bit of context, but I'll explain it at the end. Well, I'll explain it in the middle. She says, my very religious in-laws are so mad at the missionaries and it's cracking me up. Okay, so let's talk about what missionaries are. I'm assuming the person who submitted this is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, aka Mormon, aka what I was raised. But I don't, okay, I don't typically choose like Mormon specific ones because I want them to be widely understandable. But this one was really funny. So I got to clarify what missionaries are. So in the LDS church, when you turn like when girls turn 18 or boys turn 19, wait, might maybe switch that boys 18, girls 19. You can choose to go on a mission, which means you like submit to your church leader that you want to be called on a mission. So you like do a, a, a it's basically an application you send it to them. They decide where you go. Like you don't pick where you go. You get sent somewhere in the world and you always have a companion that like you live with. <laughs> I don't know how to explain this right. 
I know, like, I know what it is because I had, like, all my brothers served missions, but I'm trying to explain it to somebody who would, like, never hear about this. Anyway, basically, you go and you, you know, proselyte. So, a lot of times, the other Mormon members in your area will, like, take care of you and feed you. Like, they'll have you over for dinner, they'll have you over for Christmas stuff, and they'll kind of take in the missionaries. Wow, hope that made sense at all. Everybody listening is like, yeah, Maddie, we get, we know what missionaries are. You can shut up. Okay. So they're mad that the missionary, they're mad at the missionaries, these, this girl's in-law, in-laws. They invited the missionaries over because they told my in-laws that they had nowhere to eat. My in-laws take Thanksgiving very seriously. So they nicely told the missionaries to please not come if they were going to go to other dinners as well. They were assured that it was the only dinner they would be attending. What a weird request. What a weird thing to be like, hey, do you want to come over for Thanksgiving dinner? But you are not allowed to go anywhere else. A few hours before the missionaries came over, a friend in their neighborhood mentioned that they were also having the missionaries over an hour before they were scheduled to come to my in-laws house. My in-laws were very irritated because they felt like the missionaries had lied to them. The missionaries came over, didn't talk to anyone, ate a serving of food, and left while everyone else was still eating to go to another Thanksgiving. My in-laws were so shocked. All anyone has been able to talk about all night is how the missionaries swindled us. Definitely a bright spot in a day filled with an unnecessary amount of politics, stress, and comics that made me want to rip my ears off. <laughs> like, need, need I remind everybody, these are probably 18-year-old boys, okay? Like, the fact that you felt swindled because they came over and took a helping of mashed potatoes and then left. Like you act like they came over and they had a mission impossible plan in place to rob you. And then they left. And like, that's the level of offended that you were like to use the word swindled, like calm down, calm down. They took a roll. They probably took three slices of turkey and then they left. Also, those kids are away from their families. They're probably not super happy. I don't know. I've talked to many a missionary. And it doesn't seem like many of them are having a great time. And you can get over it. You can get over it. If they want to have five Thanksgiving dinners, just as a bright spot in their day, just let them have it. Okay? All right, next one. This one's just annoying. We played the game Secret Hitler, in which the liberals are good and the fascists are bad. All of my in-laws would not stop clarifying and joking slash seriously commenting on how, well, you know, in this game, the liberals are the good guys for once. I don't know where that voice came from, but that's what I imagine like would would be said. Secret Hitler is a really quick way to ruin your family. The worst fights that my family has ever been in has been over Secret Hitler, and it is infuriating. I actually think it's banned from our house. I don't think my mom would ever let us play. It's like I I guess I would compare it to like Werewolf. Like we we played Werewolf a lot like in high school, like my friends and I, but it was it was not even near as intense. And of course, the people who make Secret Hitler you Hitler use like very inflammatory words like fascist and liberal and things that they know people are gonna get mad at. But yeah, we played it one. We had a family vacation a couple years ago and we were playing it outside. We were playing it like on the patio. So we were screaming at each other about who was a fascist and who and I'm like, yeah, the neighbors are probably pretty confused on why we are having a very heated debate about who the fascists are in our family. But yeah, Secret Hitler, it's a, it's, I've cried. I've cried a few times during that. That one in Codenames, 
Codenames was the last board game that I cried during. That was probably 2019. I haven't, I, I'm breaking a personal record here that I haven't cried during a board game in almost three years. Wait, one, two, I don't know, four years. It's, it's, been, it's been a long time since I've cried, cried in a board game. Thank you. Thank you for being proud of me. All right, next one. I, we found out that my cousin does furry stripper dances and competes them at furry conventions. When I was taking notes for this episode, I just wrote, I think we need to discuss furries for a moment. I'm not going to follow through on that note that I left to myself. Let a thousand blossoms bloom. Okay. If you're into that, please do so. Please do so and feel empowered. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't fully understand it. It's not my cup of tea, but you know what they say. There is a seat for every butt. I do want to talk about something though, that I saw on the internet that I feel it is my duty to clarify. So I was talking to somebody and they were like, did you hear that at the Utah school district or something, they had a meeting because a parent, a group of parents wants them to put litter boxes in the high school bathrooms because some of the kids dress up as furries and they identify as cats. Okay. You guys, you guys, when you hear something that is so ridiculous that you think there's no way that could be true, chances are it's not true. So I did a little digging. I actually, I, I promise you guys, it took me, it took me an extra light Google, not even a light Google. It was like, I just did a, a simple little, a simple little, it, it auto-filled, it auto-filled for me. So many of us were wondering if this was true. So I, uh, I Googled it and it's not true. That did not happen. There are no parents lobbying to the school districts trying to get litter boxes put in bathrooms for their furry children. It's a weird, random Twitter memeable rumor that a lot of <laughs> politicians that are, I don't, I won't even say them, but they're not very smart people are using to like get people fired up because if that were true, that would be insane. And I would hope that every person on the planet would say, I don't think we need to put litter boxes in high school bathrooms. But yeah, it's not true. And please, please look into it instead of telling every single person person that you see. When I was told, I felt like, why am I being told this? Why, why is this going around? Why, did, why didn't this stop at the first person who was told? It didn't. It didn't. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Seed. So if you're anything like me, you love a good holiday meal. You love a good holiday dessert a little treat, a little appetizer, a little charcuterie board. There's not any foods during the holiday seasons that I will say no to. I basically have an IV of mashed potatoes hooked up to me at all times. However, because that's happening, I do need to be taking care of my GI tract and making sure that I'm not the most bloated I can possibly be. And the way I do that is with a good quality probiotic. However, not all probiotics are created equal. You can't just buy something that says probiotic benefits and just hope that it does the job. You really got to make sure that you're getting what you need. So what is the daily symbiotic from Seed? It is a 24-strain, broad-spectrum probiotic and prebiotic formulated for digestive, gut immune, and additional systemic benefits. Also, it's got a capsule-in-capsule design, which means it'll protect against stomach acid, digestive enzymes, and bile salts for viability through digestion. So that means that the live probiotics will actually make it to the end of the small intestine for delivery 
into the colon, which is where you want it to go. If you've taken probiotics before and you never felt a difference, it's probably because the good bacteria wasn't surviving your GI tract, wasn't surviving the river of mashed potatoes going into your body. But seed is designed differently and that's why it works. Also, it doesn't just benefit your gut. So yes, you will have the gut benefits, the ease of bloating, the healthy regularity, the ease of evacuation. But taking the daily symbiotic will also support your gut barrier, skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. So start a new healthy habit today and help your gut out. Visit seed.com bad and use the code bad to redeem 20% off of your first month of Seed's DS1 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com bad and use the code bad to get 20% off of your first month. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Brightbox. Oh man, am I about to give you the best idea for a Christmas present. For anybody on your list, your mom, your sister-in-law, your niece, your cousin, your brother, anybody that you can think of, they will love a Brightbox. You want to know why? Because they are curated boxes starting at just $10. They're the most affordable care packages on the market. There are tons of options with dozens of bright boxes curated for you in lots of different themes. So you can pick one that's already all done for you, already curated. It's got all the goods. Or you can pick out your own stuff. However, I don't mean to brag, but there is the best box in the world at Brightbox right now, and it's the Bad Broad Box. So if you have any friends that listen to the podcast or you want to introduce them to the podcast, this is the gift to get. I sat down with the Brightbox team and I curated an entire box for a night of self-care. So when I was doing it, I thought, what, what can I put in here so that you can just turn off your phone, take the bright box into the bathroom with you and just use every product. So there's a candle, there's a drink mix, there's a shower steamer, there's even a snack and a face mask. And there's more than what I'm just naming. There's also a personalized note from me that I wrote specifically for you. So if you are stumped on what to get somebody in your life that you think deserves just a little TLC, make sure you go to brightboxes.com and get the bad broad box. Again, that is bright boxes. So B-R-I-G h-t-b-o-x-e-s it's plural brightboxes.com to check out the bad broad box and also if you don't get that box you can still get free shipping on any bright box with the code bad broad again brightboxes.com code bad broad okay next one she says i'm sorry but football is dumb I don't think the people who like it are dumb and I'm willing to watch a few games a season or a few games every season, but really I think it's boring. I'm unaware that this is an unpopular opinion, but I find it ludicrous that my brother spent Thursday, Friday, and Saturday with the TV on watching football from morning until evening. I wanted to turn it off for maybe an hour while we ate dinner because that's polite and that's what my brain and my brain was turned to mush and he freaked. He went on about, wow, I can't wait to hear what interesting conversations we're going to have over dinner with the most sarcastic tone. I'll tell you what, talking about our aunt's bunions would be far more intellectually stimulating than hearing another first down coming from the TV. Am I alone in wondering, let's see, am I alone in wondering that although Thanksgiving is a sports associated holiday, do we really, really, really have to watch sports all weekend long? Ugh, Judge Maddie, what is your ruling? What is my ruling? My ruling is that everyone has phones that stream a lot of stuff. 
So I've noticed that my brothers do this when there's a game that they're excited about, but we're all together, unless everybody wants to watch it, then then we'll watch it. But they will either keep an eye on the score on their phone. They'll stream it on their phone with like the volume down just so they can like keep an, yeah, keep an eye on it. Otherwise, the, the big TV, the communal TV is usually something Christmassy. So I, I just don't feel like any of them would like insist that we have to watch every single football game. And I would think that is kind of rude when the whole family is over and it would bring a little Christmas cheer to turn on like the Santa Claus. I would, I would, I would rather do that. Also, I didn't, I don't really consider Thanksgiving a, a sports holiday. I guess that's just my, my personal take. But yeah, I don't think that it's, I don't think that you should have to, I just don't think that about anything. I don't think that about any TV show, about any game, unless the whole group wants to watch it, then why are you turning it on? It's just like, it feels weird to have to explain this to people, to be like, hey, not everyone in the group wants to watch this. Let's find something that everybody wants to watch. Feels like that is a similar lesson that I told to my nephew, who's eight. You get what I mean? Okay, next one. Things that I found out this Thanksgiving that I wish I was making up. I met a new side of my family this year. Now it makes sense why my mom kept us from them. Here are a few things I learned. My aunt is the product of her grandpa and his daughter. Okay. Illegal. My family has a cave for the second coming of Jesus, and they are doomsday preppers. My great aunt has a motel that sex trafficking Oh, for sex trafficking and drug dealing. And she is currently under investigation for all of it. Okay. This seems like mm, 95% illegal. Having, well, what do you mean has a cave? Do they own a cave? Did they find a cave? Did they rent the cave? I don't know. I don't know how that works, but that I, I just want to, okay. I just, should I even say it? I'm going to say it because I just think that it's a fair observation I don't know if it has ever worked out for anybody in in any religion or denomination or belief system or anything. I just don't know if like um the people who say hey the date the the world's going to end on this date so we need to prepare and like this this has to be by this, you know, whatever. It's very specific and we need to sell all of our land and, you know, gather up all of our food and nobody go to college because the world's going to end. And I'm not saying that that's what the, these people are doing specifically, but I've listened to enough stuff, enough podcasts to know that there are many groups of people that believe a leader when they say that the world is going to end on a specific date. But I mean, as far as I know, the world didn't end on any of those dates, like not one of them. Not one of them was right or even close. So, I mean, I'm fine with however you want to live. If you want to do, you know, end of the world prep, all of that. But I think when it's based in fear and you think that somebody knows the exact date that the world is going to end. Again, she's not even saying this about her family. It's just kind of getting me on this tangent. I don't think that that's gone well for anyone. Like 0% of people that's gone well for. Just a thought. Just just a thought. If anybody comes to you and says, I know the exact day that the world is going to end, run very, very, very far away forever. Okay, next one. Maddie, I showed up to Thanksgiving dinner at my in-laws after cooking the last two days. I offered to bring three dishes, showed up with those three dishes to find that my mother-in-law had already made them. Her response was, hmm, I must have missed that text, the text that she responded to. 
I've accepted the fact that I'm just the grand baby maker and otherwise am ignored. The first time I re- read this, I read the grand baby maker, like the grand, you know, like she was grand at it. But then I realized it was like grand baby, like the grand baby maker. Yeah, it sounds like she just didn't think you would make them how she liked. I'm going to be honest. I feel like she probably wanted to. Oh, wait, I actually just had an idea. I bet she wanted people to compare them because I feel like that's what I feel like that's like the vibe of this lady. I feel like she's like if you made like, you know, rolls and then she wanted to make rolls and she'd be like, what rolls do you guys think are better? Oh, my gosh. Isn't it crazy that we both made them? So which one's better? Like, I feel like that's the conversation that she's hoping happens. You know what I mean? Also, I'm just now realizing that I didn't tell you guys what my family did for Thanksgiving this year, which I thought was really fun. So every like uh, like everybody switches between the in-laws and my family every year. So this year was an in-law year. So my mom hosted Thanksgiving on the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which, by the way, I just want to add, I think that this is a really good idea. And I kind of don't know why more people don't do it, because it's not really about the date on the calendar. It's more about having time together. And I feel like there would be a lot less drama between like, like, first of all, married couples trying to decide whose house to go to and like tension between in-laws, like all of those things, like you could just do it on a different day. So it doesn't interfere with anything. And then you can still have everybody there. I, I don't know. Call me crazy, but it feels like a very easy fix. So that's what my mom did this year. She hosted Thanksgiving the Sunday before Thanksgiving, but we didn't do traditional Thanksgiving food. My mom had crab shipped in from Seattle and we did like a crab feast. Remember how I told you guys that I've always loved seafood and I like thought it was a really cool like quality I had? Yeah, and a lot of people like it. So there's crab and we had clam chowder, homemade rolls. My sister-in-law made like a shrimp boil. So it was like shrimp and corn and potatoes and sausage. And it was all so delicious. And yeah, then we all had breakfast together on Thanksgiving day. And then everybody went to in-laws. We just did a breakfast on Thanksgiving for anybody who could or wanted to. My mom did like a big waffle bar. And it just feels like so much easier, so much less drama. Nobody has to fight over going to two families on Thanksgiving. It is rough, though, to have to decide. I I totally get it. Sharing holidays is hard. Deciding whose family to go to is hard. Obviously, everybody prefers their family over their in-laws. And it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. So change the day. Save yourself the hassle. That's what I, that's what I say. Okay, next one. Next story of yours. Not this year, but last year at my in-laws, we had several things happen that I still love to rage about. I kind of want to judge Maddie ruling as well. Here's some background info. My husband is one of seven siblings, all grown and out of the house, all adults ranging from 24 to nearly 40, and half of them are married and most of us have kids. Oh, and there's six boys and one girl. This sounds like my family, except there's seven boys. So anytime there's an event, Thanksgiving, Christmas, any kind of family get together, I always ask my mother-in-law what food she'd like us to bring or say we'll be bringing this dish because it's such a big group and I never expect her to prepare all the food. Last year for Thanksgiving, we let her know that we would be bringing two things, a potato dish and homemade rolls. A couple days later, she calls us up and asks if we can bring something else as well. So we say, yeah, we'll also buy one of those Marie Callender's chocolate pies. Well, we show up to Thanksgiving. And these I always forget, like, I need to be making these more dramatic because they feel very dramatic in the moment. But it, like, we're just talking about pie here. But I need to be adding some spice to this. 
Well, we show up to Thanksgiving dinner and find out that me and my sister-in-law, my husband's only sister, and of course my mother-in-law were the only ones to make or bring food. Not all seven siblings were there, but there were three brothers that I am mad that they and I am mad that they didn't bring any food and they never do. These three brothers are all unmarried, live on their own, and one is 34 years old. And all of them have no, oh, sorry, all of them have money. <laughs> That'd be so rude. You're like, and they're all poor. No, and they all have money. They either make a lot or they save a lot. My opinion is that they should bring food to an event like this before they're married. But in their family, they think it's the woman's job and I hate it. Why can't one of them just go buy a pumpkin pie or some rolls or make something? Money's not an issue for any of them, but all of them don't have the awareness to realize that they should offer to bring something. On the other hand, is it my mother-in-law's fault that she didn't ask them to bring something? I remember being so mad at the time because I had a newborn and a toddler and I was the one who was asked to bring a third thing instead of making one of her sons contribute. Am I overreacting? Make it make sense. Yeah, I do think that it's a problem in like society in general that, okay, I don't even, I don't even know how to phrase this, that I feel like people don't have to be responsible for things like that until they're, they're married. I don't know. I I feel like I see this a lot. Like I I feel like this exact thing that you're describing is not that unique. Like single men don't often like volunteer to bring something or learn to cook something and a lot of times they just wait until their wife offers or until they have a girlfriend who points it out. Like it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't mean it's funny that they don't help, but I think it is funny. I feel like there's a comedian. It's pro- I think it's John Mulaney, who I don't really like, but he talks about how it's nice to have a wife because she just points out things that he never even noticed. Like when he's waiting for a long time for his food, she'll be like, it's been a while since you got your food. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's true. Like, I feel like sometimes men can coast through things without having somebody there to be like, hey, we should do this. We should volunteer for this. We need to make sure we do this. And that bums me out. It really bums me out. I'm not trying to shit talk. I think that there's plenty of men who are not like this. But a lot of times this is the case. And I don't think you're overreacting. I feel like that's really annoying, especially when she asked you to bring extra and nobody else was bringing anything. And when the thing you brought was store bought, like why? Like, I don't know why I said that with a Southern accent. Like, why couldn't that guy just swing by like Walmart and get a frozen pie? It's not that hard. Like, that's that's kind of that's my thing with a lot of this stuff is that I just want to be like, it's not that hard. Like, it's just not that hard. If you would just do it, you would see that it's actually really easy to like remember the feelings of other people. Isn't that crazy? This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Caraway. I've seen Caraway products all over for a really long time. I've always had my eye on them because they look so, so, I almost said sleek and chic. And then I put them into one word and they turn into sleek, but they are extremely sleek. And the best news of all is that the quality is as good as they say. I'm a little bit mad at myself for not trying these earlier, but this would make a perfect gift. I told you guys that I would, I would help you out with your shopping in these ads. This would make a perfect gift for like your mom, your mother-in-law, somebody who just got married, somebody who's redoing their house, somebody who just needs some good quality kitchenware, Caraway is the move. Caraway's holiday event has also been extended. So you can get their non-toxic kitchenwares at the best prices. You can save up to 20% on all Caraway products, including their internet famous non-toxic cookware set. Also for the first time ever, you can now save on Caraway's food storage, tea kettle, 
and mini cookware. But the exclusive deal will not last long, so make sure you hop on to shop your favorite colors and products while you still can. Not only are Caraway's items made without any toxic materials, their ceramics naturally slick surface means minimal oil or butter for easy cleaning and slide off the pan cooking. Over 30,000 people have raved about their Caraway kitchen, and now it's time to try it out. So go to carawayhome.com to take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% off your next purchase of non-toxic kitchenware. This deal won't last long, so go to carawayhome.com to shop all their incredible products for up to 20% off this holiday season. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I know that most of us wish that life came with a user manual. Wouldn't that be nice, especially around the holidays? There's so much stress. There's a lot of family stuff. There's a lot of triggers. There's a lot of old stuff coming up. And it's really normal, I think, to feel kind of stuck and discouraged with these things. So since life doesn't come with a user manual, we got to use the next best thing, which is therapy. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of these challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. Therapy doesn't magically fix everything, but it does give you the tools to feel capable of fixing the things that you can. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It really couldn't be simpler. There's also no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. All of the roadblocks that we find ourselves facing when we're trying to get into therapy or find a therapist that works for us, BetterHelp checks off all of those and they make it easier than ever. So learn more and also get 10% off of your first month when you go to BetterHelp dot com slash bad. That's better help B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash bad for 10% off of your first month. Okay, next one. So it's technically Thanksgiving. Oh, so this was technically pre-Thanksgiving drama, but it absolutely affected Thanksgiving itself. And I know that one person involved in the drama follows your podcast, but I don't know that they'll care too much about me putting our drama on blast anonymously. So if you share this, my bestie, great. If not, great. Okay, you said it. You said I could share it. Background first. I recently came out to my extended family and revealed that the friend I had been bringing to family events for the past year is, in fact, my girlfriend. We're not exactly sneaky, so I don't think anyone was really surprised by the announcement. Anyway, everyone has been incredibly supporting and loving, including my 80-plus-year-old grandparents. That is, until the Sunday, a week and a half before Thanksgiving. My grandparents were hosting a family dinner for cousins and second cousins and really anybody who was in town. Oh, sorry. Anybody who was in town who had any loose relation to them. I texted them beforehand and I asked if it would be all right if I brought my girlfriend, which to which they heartily agreed. So my girlfriend and I get to their house for dinner a little early to help set up some extra tables and chairs and place settings and people start rolling in. Some of them I know, some of them I know I'm related to in some way, but have never spoken to. My grandparents start making introductions and after introducing my sister and her husband, to the incoming guests, my grandmother proceeds to introduce me and my friend. I thought maybe she's being more traditional, doesn't know how to open it. Oh, I, I thought maybe she's being more traditional and doesn't know how open I want to be, etc. So I figure I'll dispel the awkward tension and say, this is my girlfriend. A couple of my second cousins seemed to tense up at the sight of two girls in love, but I don't know them well enough to care if they're totally uncomfortable. So I shrugged it off and the rest of the evening was totally chill. The next day, however, I get a text out of the blue from my grandpa saying he was upset that I used his home as a venue 
to display affection for my girlfriend. Not that I need to justify anything, but we didn't even kiss in front of anyone. The most we did was hold hands and that they'd love to have us at future events, but basically ask that we pretend we're just gal pals. With how supportive my grandparents had been prior to this, it was a shock to read that text to say the least. Anyway, after my girlfriend and I were deeply hurt and betrayed, we struggled to figure out if we could keep being in a relationship if it meant we were going to receive this amount of hate from our loved ones. And my immediate family went berserk and threatened to back out of Thanksgiving with my grandparents. I'm happy to report my girlfriend and I are still together and we're recovering from that trauma. And my dad, older sister, brother-in-law, niece, and nephew ended up joining us for, for Thanksgiving. I haven't seen much of my extended family since the falling out. But from what I hear, everyone knows what happened and is trying to figure out the best way to not alienate my grandpa, which I don't want them to, while also trying to make me and my girlfriend feel like we're still welcome in the family. Honestly, it all really sucks and it's been incredibly difficult to deal with emotionally. But at the same time, I can't help but laugh a little because it's just a little hilarious how worked up people can get just by seeing me existing authentically and happily. Like it's crazy the power I seem to have over people now. Anyway, hope your Thanksgiving was lovely and free of drama. Love you, bestie. Can you imagine? having so few problems in your life that the biggest problem that you can possibly see happening in the world is that people are gay. If that is something that exists in your head, if people being gay is at all a problem for you, you need to, you need to reevaluate your, your life path. It is beyond, it's beyond anything. I, I can't believe people care about it. If you're dealing with that, you can come to my house. Okay. I'll make you a turkey. You can kiss your girlfriend in front of me. I don't care. Okay. Next one. My in-laws did not inform us that three of them had RSV. I have a toddler. I am pregnant and we are headed on a tropical vacation in a few days. They deliberately didn't tell us because they knew we wouldn't have come. This actually happens a lot with them. They are very inconsiderate and I was livid. What's with people like not loving an excuse to not hang out with people. If I feel a tickle in my throat, I cancel every plan. Like, isn't that awesome? Why are, Why would you avoid the chance to cancel? I mean, also, this is a major dick move. But on top of that, like, who cares? You'll see him in a week. Like, do you, you have, like, I just feel, it's kind of the same way I feel about keeping Thanksgiving, like, cel- you have to celebrate it on the Thursday and you can't celebrate it on a different day. Like, why? Why? Why can't you just say, hey, we're sick this week. Can everybody come over for Thanksgiving next week? What's the what's the big deal? Why are we all so obsessed with like it has to be this way and no other way? Why? Why? We can do things a different way. Just say we're sick. Why are people so weird? Okay, next one. Also, I only read through half of this story, this next one I'm about to read, but it felt like it was r- really good. So I'm going to like, I read a very shocking line in it that I wanted to talk about. So I figured it just kept getting better and better. So this one's going to be a shock for all of us. Here we go. This isn't big drama like politics or secrets, but it happens every single year and everyone is annoyed by it. When my mom hosts, which she did this year, she tells everyone a certain time to be there. This year it was be- between 2 and 3 p.m. And we did not eat at that time because it caught. Oh, wait. And we did not eat at that time. And it caused a little bit of drama and hurt feelings. My husband had done a turkey bowl earlier that day. I had walked a 5K earlier with my cousin and another cousin had also ran a 13 mile race earlier that day. So we were all very hungry. We all arrived within the time frame expecting to sit down and eat shortly, but that didn't happen. An hour passed and it was fine because we were all kind of chatting and catching up, enjoying each other's company. Another hour passed. Also, the, the sentence that I read was all of those physical activities that you all did. Why'd you do that? <laughs> what are you, what are you, 
what's going on internally that you needed to run to distract yourself from it? That's way, way, way too much cardio for a holiday. Okay. An hour passed and it was fine because we were all kind of chatting and catching up, enjoying each other's company. Another hour passed and I kept going into the kitchen and asking how I could help because I was getting hangry and so was everyone else. Yet another hour passed and the turkey still wasn't done. And because my parents only have one oven, there were actually a few dishes that needed to go in the oven after the turkey was done. Maddie, it was honestly infuriating and rude. At one point, I started passing out snacks like some salted nuts and crackers, <laughs> salted nuts and crackers to the hungry crowd because my mom seemed clueless. Surely she was too exhausted and stressed over the food to be so, but I digress. When we finally sat down to eat, it had been almost four hours from the original time my mom had insisted that everyone come and plan on eating. I was pretty bugged because my, my mom was so controlling over wanting it her way instead of trying to delegate some tasks to family members who wanted to help. She insists on making her own gravy from the turkey drippings, insists on hand making the mashed potatoes, etc. I know it's delicious that way, but when it comes to a ravenous group of family, sacrifices need to be made. I and others try and help her out when this happens, but she's such a control freak that she ends up taking over because we're, we're doing it wrong, quote unquote. It was obvious that she and my dad were exhausted from being in the kitchen all day. It's a small kitchen too, which isn't so bad most of the time, but on Thanksgiving, it's such a pain. My dad was apologetic, but my mom was not at all. It hurt a lot of feelings. The most annoying thing about this delayed meal, which was very reminiscent of the office dinner party, <laughs> the office episode of the dinner party, was the fact that even though my mom was clearly kind of grumpy and exhausted from being in the kitchen literally all day, she could not and would not allow the help she desperately needed because she needed to control it all. It's sad, really. I think she would greatly benefit from some therapy, as we all would. You, I, have a, I have a better help code. You can gift it to her for Christmas. <laughs> if she would just have assigned more food to those family members willing to help, we would have eaten on time and she wouldn't have been so exhausted. On top of this, my sweet sister-in-law couldn't take my brother to her family's house for some of her family Thanksgiving traditions, which put her in tears. They've been married a few years and he's never been able to join her in some of these traditions because he always works. He works retail and Thanksgiving and Black Friday are big money making days. So he always had to work. He had this Thanksgiving off and because we had our meal so late, he wasn't able to go again and it crushed her. Are there any other millennial women out there who have mothers like this? It's so frustrating. I don't know how to help her and I know it isn't my job to try and control. And I know it isn't my job to try to help her, but I still feel like I could somehow. I think her need to control things is like a security blanket for her, even though it's clearly hurting her and those who care about her. Anyway, after the very, very, very delayed meal, we played a few games. My son got to play and be silly with his cousins and we enjoyed some amazing pies and beautiful holiday memories were made. There's my little drama. I wish I could go back in time and try to enjoy the holiday a little more as a kid. It gets a lot harder as an adult. Love you, Maddie. Hope your Thanksgiving was less dramatic than mine. I hope this story gets shared because I'd love some advice and validation. Oh, man. All right. Well, here, let me let me put on my person who goes to therapy hat and think about because I would say I, I would say that in, in a in a real way, I tend to be a control freak, maybe not like about things like this, like about dishes at Thanksgiving. But I do think that I have a, a part of me that is controlling. OK, it's like why I have never hired an assistant or anything, because I like to run my business and the podcast a certain way and I feel like it's hard to explain to people. And so I overwhelm myself, even though I could hire help and I could probably hire really good help, but I get a little controlling. What my therapist, I probably don't need to say that. I'm just being weird because I don't like talking about my flaws. What my therapist has told me and what I've read, reaching for control 
is usually based in fear of something. And we control things to try and avoid something that we are afraid of happening. It seems like your mom, if this is what she's trying to control, it seems like maybe she has a fear of like being seen as somebody who like didn't do enough or didn't help enough or didn't put enough work in and that she really wanted to be validated as like the person who did everything and like put in all of this work and all these things. I do think that as women, a lot of times we find our validation and kind of our, a lot of times we find like our identity and our purpose through other people validating what we do. 100% of what I'm saying is stuff that I do, by the way. That's why I'm talking about it. I hope that that's obvious that I I want to talk about things unless... (laughs) unless I had some serious firsthand experience. But I found that about myself as I've gotten older, that I really crave other people telling me I did a good job with things because that's how I feel value in my life. And that's how I feel like I'm contributing. And that's how I feel like people like me is if I go above and beyond and I do something that they will tell me good job and that they will, you know, keep me around and want to be my friend forever. And not having that and being seen as somebody who doesn't contribute or didn't do enough, my fear is that that would make people look at me differently. And even though that's irrational, I mean, truly, truly irrational. Like you, I I think that whoever wrote this, you can vouch that if your mom ordered a pizza for Thanksgiving, you wouldn't love her less. You wouldn't talk to her less. You wouldn't accept her less. But as the person who's controlling i.e. myself, that does feel like a rational fear. Like it feels like, oh my gosh, if I don't do this and I don't go all out and I don't buy them the best present and I don't take them to the fanciest dinner and I don't do all of these things that they are not going to want to be my friend. I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know. That's my personal experience. That's, I could very well be projecting. Maybe your mom just thinks everybody's food sucks and hers is the best and this is not an issue. But if I'm thinking about like stuff that I've worked through or read about or that my therapist has told me, that's what I think of. And I just I think that it's a really important thing to remember for all of us control freaks that when you are trying to control something, you need to figure out what you're scared of. What's the fear? Because usually you can find a way to quell that fear in a different and healthier way. And that's that's my advice. So hopefully that's some advice and insight and uh, validation because that blows. And I've also been in both positions where somebody around me is controlling something. And I'm like, geez, take it easy. This is so this is so easy. I can help you. But then when you're in the position of being controlling, it's like, why would I ever let anybody help me? You don't even know what I'm talking about. So I do I do get both sides. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for both. I'm sorry for both both sides of this. Okay. Oh, next one. Maddie, this takes the cake. I almost drop kicked my mother-in-law out of the window multiple times throughout the day. Kidding, but not. LOL. The woman was insufferable. Let's call my mother-in-law Carol and my father-in-law Frank. I've been married for two and a half years. It was just my husband and my father-in-law and mother-in-law the first time I've ever hosted. Thanks. Oh, the first time I've ever, ever hosted Thanksgiving and the first time they've ever stayed with us. They live across the country. I need to preface this experience with saying that Carol has some health issues that make it so breathing is somewhat difficult for her. And as a result, she struggles with weight issues and has become a bit of a hermit over the years. While she does have breathing issues, she also uses it as an excuse to order people around and she can be very manipulative. And her issues have been very verified by a doctor recently, Hank is a witness, to not be as bad as she thinks. Not saying that to shame. I know those things are hard to live with, but it gives some framework for what I'm about to say. First of all, while staying with us, I've witnessed her do the most disgusting things I've ever seen any human do. For example, picking dandruff. Oh, sorry. I'm going to throw up. Picking dandruff out of her hair, smelling it and eating it, then using the stem of her glass. 
I'm sorry. I can't. I don't even know if I can get through this. If any of you were like pregnant or anything, just skip this story. Then using the stem of her glasses to pick her ears and chunks of earwax and then smelling them, then licking it and eating it. Then just pulling out chunks from her ears and hair and flicking it in my living room and wiping her hands on my couch and chairs. And she doesn't use napkins. She uses my furniture and leaves sticky, grubby fingerprints everywhere she goes. We worked so hard to get our house clean and ready for them, and it really pisses me off how gross she's being. Not to mention she burps, hacks up snot, and makes disgusting noises 24-7. Also, she will not stop commenting on my body when I'm around her or what I'm wearing or how little makeup I have on or what and how much everything or every... Okay, how little makeup I have on, what and how much or how little I'm eating, how long or short my hair is and how it's styled, everything. It's constant and she won't stop. I've said, Carol, my body is not up for discussion and she's still relentless. And we are not talking about compliments. It's, do you cut your own hair? It looks like you cut your own hair. You know you don't have to wear makeup around us, right? I don't care. And passive aggressively saying later in the day, women who wear makeup are so insecure. Meanwhile, she does not even bathe regularly. I've clapped back with saying, I'm not wearing makeup for you. And what other women choose to do with their bodies is none of our business. Then she just shrugs and says something else that's rude a few minutes later. She has also been eating us out of house. Wow, that was a weird sentence. Out of house and home. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to keep going. I want to be delicate with how I go about this because I too have struggled with disordered eating, but this has been so hard for me while they've been staying with us. Every night she wakes up for two to three hours with the munchies and she proceeds to eat all the sweets and treats in the house and leaves a huge mess behind for everyone to wake up to, even though I clean the kitchen every night. But then she judges judges everyone else for eating sweets and unhealthy foods during the day. Like I had a scoop of leftover mashed potatoes for lunch yesterday and she made the biggest deal about it. I work hard to make my yummy treats only to wake up to find them destroyed and all the food I planned is gone. On Thanksgiving day, I cooked everything by myself with my husband who helps with some prep work and did any and all of the dishes. Carol was completely unhelpful and even insisted on taking up a large portion of my small kitchen so she could lean because her back was hurting. So she could lean? She was still making a huge mess everywhere she went. I made a beautiful charcuterie board for everyone to munch on while waiting for the big meal later in the day, and she annihilated it. (laughs) She annihilated it and proceeded to drip jam, cracker crumbs, and lemon ricotta cheese all over the house. She kept standing right behind me and asking what every single spice was that I was using, what I was doing, what all the ingredients were, just constant questions nonstop while being in my way and making me feel completely overwhelmed. She asked every 10 minutes when it was going to be ready. She played obnoxious videos on her phone with Trump's voice blaring so loud it muffled the Christmas music I had playing right before the big meal was ready. I cleared the charcuterie board from the dining table onto a different table and I cleaned off the dining table to get it ready for dinner. Carol came in and asked, did you just clear off the table? And I said, yes. She then grabbed a handful of crackers from the charcuterie board and lathered them up with jam. Then she sat at the clean table and started eating, leaving a pile of crumbs and bright red jam on my nice linen tablecloth, then fell asleep mid-bite with jam all all over her fingers. Who is this? This sounds like the boogeyman. The fabric chair she was sitting in and on her clothes and on the floor. I was fighting back tears as I cooked. She woke up and went to the bathroom. I ran over and cleaned it up the best I could. When the meal was done, I had to take a five-minute break and hyperventilate in my closet. I had a good cry after dinner. Just what the hell? She has also open mouth belched at Thanksgiving dinner and did not attempt to cover her mouth or turn her head or everything. And Hank is the complete opposite. So polite and clean. The poor man is worn down from her and is too nice to say anything 
and enables her behavior. My husband has been completely horrified and embarrassed. They're staying with us for three more days and we've been careful with how to handle things. It's been so hard. I've almost flown off the handle multiple times. We don't have kids yet, but I'm getting hives just thinking about them visiting when I have a newborn and young kids. Like I don't know if I can handle them staying with us ever again and I'm grossed out and never want to stay with them after what I've seen and experienced. Wow. I need several business days to recover from this. This feels so cartoonishly ridiculous. I don't even know how I don't even know how one would deal with a human being that acted like that. I mean, call me crazy, but my 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 dealing with it would be you're never invited over literally ever again. But it doesn't seem like that's going to fly. So I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm so sorry. That is so gross. That is one of the grossest things that I've ever had to read. The, the beginning of that story. It almost competes with that guy who spits in the cup next to his bed from that weird, I think from that first Is This Ick episode. That is horrific. Okay, so the last one is just advice for all of us that I think that we should all do next year. She says, I skipped the Thanksgiving table and I went to Italy this year, ate gnocchi at a beautiful restaurant, and an Italian man named Paolo offered me free wine to celebrate the American holiday. So let's all stop doing things that stress us out. Let's stop making us, ourselves go to holidays that are terrible. Let's throw parties the way we want, invite the people that we want. So I am fully in favor of celebrating in an untraditional way that isn't terrible. It seems like we're all obsessed with the traditions and like the majority of the time they all suck bad. Okay, before we end, I wanted to tell you guys my top five Thanksgiving foods. I don't know if this is interesting to any of you guys, but I'm going to rank my top five of like the classics. Okay, my top five Thanksgiving foods. Number five, cranberry sauce. What an underrated condiment. (laughs) Sorry. What an underrated condiment. I think that we should be eating this more often than we are. I actually think that about all Thanksgiving food. I think that it is a crime that it is a once a year food because I think that Thanksgiving food is delicious. I know that people disagree with me and they say that turkey is trash meat and all the other things are just boring, but I disagree. I love Thanksgiving food. Number five, cranberry sauce. Number four, sweet potato casserole, specifically the Ruth's Chris copycat recipe. It is the best thing I've ever tasted. If the top three weren't so delicious, then it would be my favorite food of all time. My number three is stuffing. I like stuffing. I didn't like stuffing as a kid because I didn't like soggy bread as a kid. Now I've learned my ways and I like stuffing and bread pudding, both of which are soggy bread and they're both delicious. My number two is turkey. I love turkey. I don't know why people don't eat it more. I think that we should be roasting turkeys all the time. And my number one Thanksgiving food is mashed potatoes. I love every single potato. I, I love I love every single one. French fries, potato chips, mashed potatoes, latkes, latkes are latka season is coming up because Hanukkah is right around the corner. Shout out to all my listeners who are celebrating Hanukkah. I will definitely be making latkes. Anything made of potatoes, I want you to bury me in it forever. Okay. I think that that is a lovely note to end this episode on. (laughs) So thank you to everybody who submitted. I do want to say something about the December episodes that's coming up. So what I'm going to do, because I obviously want to take the holiday off and my producer will be taking the holidays off. So I'm going to batch some episodes. So keep an eye on my Instagram next week because I'm going to be asking for a lot of different story submissions for different topics because I'm going to pre-record a few episodes so that I can take like three weeks off during the holidays, three weeks off of the podcast. And you'll still get episodes every single Monday and just keep an eye on that. And I think that that's everything. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, shop merch over at Dear Media 
I think dearmedia.shop.dearmedia.com. I don't know. It's in the link in my bio. Get some Christmas gifts going. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. Remember to join the Facebook group. I don't ever say that enough, but there is a Facebook group and I love it. And there's some lively convos going on over there right now. Sometimes they get a little spicy for me and I have to see my way out. But I love you more than anything. Remember to be safe, be kind, be hot. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.